Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. We're not expecting them to lay down and sleep for 12 hours without hearing a peep out of them. But when babies know how to sleep well, which is a task that they can learn to do, then when they come out of a sleep cycle on their own, they don't need your outside help to get back to sleep. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hey guys, and welcome back. Today I'm chatting with Audrey DeBeer, and she's a sleep consultant, and we're going to be covering the topic of how to set your baby's sleep schedule when starting solids. Now, there are a lot of sleep consultants out there. I know you all have your favorites. I asked Aubrey to come on the podcast because of her background in psychology. She actually has a doctorate in psychology, which I think is very interesting. I actually interviewed a few other people before this episode. I am before we selected on who we were going to interview for the episode about sleep consulting. And I was really taken aback by some of the myths that these so-called experts were perpetuating, particularly about the link between sleep and diet. And I just think it is so important that we always consider the source when we're seeking knowledge in an area outside our area of expertise. You should not be getting nutrition or feeding advice from a sleep consultant. And I, as a registered dietitian specializing in baby led weaning, know nothing about sleep, which I learned a lot about sleep from my conversation with Aubrey. And 
Thank you to many of the audience members who sent questions ahead of this interview. I know sleep consulting and sleep training can be kind of controversial topics at times, but I think in this interview, you'll also appreciate that Aubrey did a really nice job of explaining some techniques that have worked for her as a mom of two, as well as for the multitude of families that she's worked with, but also acknowledging that all babies are different. All babies arrive at different milestones at different times. But I, for one, always like to hear like, what are other people doing? What's working for other people? So with no further ado, I want to introduce you to Aubrey DeBeer. She's on Instagram at baby sleep doctor, and that's a DR for doctor. Aubrey's going to be talking all about some tips and techniques that we might use when trying to set our baby's sleep schedule when we're also starting solid foods at the same time. Well, hi, Aubrey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. All right. Give us a little background. What do you do as a sleep consultant? How did you get into this line of work? Sure. Well, as a sleep consultant, I work with families and parents uh, to help their babies sleep well. I help educate parents on baby sleep needs and what babies are kind of capable of so that we can help the whole family sleep well. And my background before sleep consulting is actually in psychology. I'm a doctor of forensic and clinical psychology. Um, So I've done lots of therapeutic work with families, children, adults. I've actually worked in the prison system. I've I've seen a lot of stuff (laughs) in my day. And then I became a mom. I have two little ones. And my daughter was a, a okay, good enough sleeper. And I started to realize for myself that neither she nor I were our best selves during the day when we weren't really sleeping well. I wasn't the parent that I wanted to be. She was cranky and tired. And so around eight months old, when she was eight months, I learned about sleep training and just sleep consulting in general. And I sleep trained her. It was great. She became an awesome sleeper. She's four years old. She still sleeps great. And for me, the connection between mental health for parents and just children's well-being and sleep was just really eye-opening to me. I love the messaging that you were not your best self. Like I would say, what a terrible person I am if I don't have enough sleep and my children don't have enough sleep. (laughs) And it's not like that. It's like two days after they don't sleep enough. There's like a lag. I've noticed at least with bigger kids, it's not the next day that you suffer. It's two days later. I'm like, why are they being terrible? Oh, two days ago, everybody's sleep stuff was off. So it does affect you. And I like that you point out, it does affect your mental health if we can't be our best selves. Yeah, yeah. So for me, with my psychology background, it really was impactful. I said, oh, this is more than just, I want my baby to sleep because I like sleep. It's, you know, I we both need sleep to function and to be happy and healthy. And so I really started to look at it from that perspective. And then I went into an actual training program to become a certified sleep consultant and I've been doing it since. Then I had my son who is now two years old. And so I had a totally different experience with him with just knowing about sleep from the beginning and kind of working on things early on and seeing a total difference and just him always loving his crib and being a great sleeper. So um, I like to help families do that too. Well, we're here today to talk about setting your baby's sleep schedule when you're starting solids. But I want to just before we get into like the food specific stuff and my audience submitted some really great questions related to this, I wanted to ask you what age is most appropriate to begin sleep training? And then how should a mom or dad or caregiver prepare before beginning a sleep schedule? Like set the stage for us if you can. Okay, sure. So there's, you know, Basically, you don't sleep train before four months. Some people will do it a little bit later. Six months is kind of generally what people tend to agree on. Um, most pediatricians that I work with will say that four months is an okay time to start, but there's never it's never too late. You just wouldn't start before four months old. And what you would do before starting is really just kind of look at your environment. Is it promoting sleep? What are some changes we can make to make sure that the 
environment is ideal. It's cool enough. It's dark enough. It's calming. It's quiet. Um, you want to get some basic understanding of baby's sleep needs, just education about it. What's a wake window? A wake window is the amount of time that your baby should be awake depending on age and developmental needs. We don't want children to be overstimulated and overly tired because they probably won't sleep so well if that's the case. So knowing about tired cues, early tired cues versus late tired cues. If they're showing you late tired cues, you missed the timing and bedtime's going to be tough to handle. So knowing about sleep associations, you know, we want to teach babies how to kind of fall asleep independently over time when it's developmentally appropriate so that they can get back to sleep after a natural night waking in the night. So having this understanding about sleep and understanding routines can help you kind of get prepared to start any kind of sleep schedule. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. It's so interesting. Like, There's a lot of similarities between sleep consulting and starting solids with infant feeding. Like, you know, a lot of doctors will say four to six months, but four months is certainly too early to start solid food. Six months is kind of the sweet spot. You're talking about, you know, what's a wake window and what, what should they be able to do developmentally? Like how old is your baby and what feeding milestones should they be able to reach? And then, you know, sleep associations, how to fall asleep independently. That's very similar to, gosh, what's our goal here is to help our babies learn how to eat independently. So we're going to be working towards that goal, but I would assume it doesn't happen overnight. So about around what age could a parent or caregiver expect their baby to begin to, you know, this mystical, magical sleep through the night thing? When should we do that? That's really hard to answer because as we say, all babies are different. Um, and sleeping through the night in itself is a misconception. None of us sleep through the night. None of us put our heads to the pillow and sleep and don't wake up until morning. Even adults, we have natural cycles of waking, but we can get back into a sleep cycle easily. You know, you might wake up to use the restroom or get a drink of water, just coming out of a sleep cycle, check your phone. What time is it? The same for babies. We're not expecting them to lay down and sleep for 12 hours without hearing a peep out of them. But when babies know how to sleep well, which is a task that they can learn to do, then when they come out of a sleep cycle on their own, they don't need your outside help to get back to sleep. And so, or need a feeding. So of course, newborns need to eat regularly through the night, right? So they're going to be waking up regularly. But as babies get older, the amount of feeds that they need in the night should decrease and should lessen. And so then also developmentally, they're able to go longer stretches. So sleeping through the night can happen as early as two to three months old if they naturally wean their own night feeds. No one's asking you to take those feeds away from your baby in the night. But some babies will just naturally start sleeping longer stretches and parents wake up like, whoa, <laughs> you didn't wake up last night. What's going on? That's awesome. Some babies are around six months old. You know, after six months, if a baby is a healthy weight and there are no medical issues, 
if they're still waking for feeds in the night, it's probably more of a sleep association. And so we wanted to kind of look at what the baby's actually needing during those wakings. What about breastfeeding moms? Because of course their feeding cycle is going to be a little bit different than if you're on a set bottle feed. For moms who are still breastfeeding, as they move into the six month mark, when they're going to be starting solid foods, how should they manage those night feedings while they're trying to do sleep training and then also stressing about solid foods in the daytime? Any tips for the breastfeeding moms? Well, so there's, I think, a misconception that bottle-fed or formula-fed babies are going to sleep longer and better than breastfed babies. I've worked with plenty of breastfeeding moms whose babies do sleep well and wean their own night feeds. So, however, if your baby's hungry, feed them, (laughs) of course, in the night. If your baby's waking for a feed, you can still feed them even if you're sleep training. Sleep training does not mean removing comfort, removing feedings. It does mean if your baby is not hungry, you don't need to respond with a feed just because they wake in the night. So that's part of what sleep training is about is understanding your baby's actual needs and cues. I always say you should check with your pediatrician. And if your pediatrician says this baby is healthy, there's no need for those night feeds. These night wakings are related to something else. And let's work on weaning night feeds. But if your baby is breastfeeding and your baby is hungry, you should feed your baby in the night. Certainly. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to infer that formula or bottle fed babies would be more full. That wasn't my intention. But from a scheduling standpoint, I think parents are like, I feed at this time, this time, and this time. Whereas in breastfeeding, you're like, nah, I don't, you ask them on what's your schedule. Like, I don't really know all the times. So it's a little bit more, I think, leeway with the schedule. That was what I, I didn't want to perpetuate any myths because that was actually my next question is, you know, there's these myths out there, like offering your baby solid foods or starting solids early or putting rice cereal in the bottle. It's going to help your baby sleep through the night. And parents will give anything to get a good night's sleep, especially a few months into this parenting thing. Is that true? Or could you help us dispel some of the myths related to starting solids and sleeping through the night? Sure, of course. Well, so starting solids should happen when a baby is developmentally ready. And that's also when it's age appropriate. So I refer to you, the expert on that, on when that should actually happen. But I think that the misconception for a lot of parents is that when babies are at the age of starting solids, they are also just older babies, right? And so older babies- can do more things. Longer. <laughs> they can feed themselves food if you wait till they're ready, you know? Right, exactly. So so this idea that, okay, it's the food that is causing this baby to sleep longer, that's just not the case, you know? And you can find research to say all kinds of things, but generally the research says that feeding has nothing to do with sleeping well through the night. Babies who know how to sleep can sleep well through the night. Babies who don't know how to sleep on their own and don't know how to get back to sleep are going to have a harder time. And as parents, we really freak out, right? Like, oh, they're waking up in the night. They must be starving. So I'm going to feed them. If only my baby were eating better before bed, they might sleep longer. And that's just not the case. And so you should start feeding solids when they're developmentally ready, when you have all the information, but also keep in mind that sleeping through the night has nothing to do with the food that they're eating at bedtime or during the day. Here's a question from a mom, Belle. She asked, how long after eating solids should you wait to put your baby down for a nap or for bedtime? So with solids for naps, I like to say if you're giving, you know, lunch and it's approaching a nap time, you want to kind of get them down actually soon after eating the solid food for a nap, because otherwise they can get a second wind from eating and they can get more energy and kind of fight that nap. That's different for nursing or bottle feeding. You don't want to do that right before sleep. However, at bedtime, you know, it's kind of the same for us. How do you feel if you've had a large meal and then lie down to go to sleep? You have, you're probably going to be uncomfortable. So I wouldn't feed and then straight to bed. You know, anything should be, you still want to have a bedtime routine in between eating and dinner can happen at a regular 
time with the family, and then it's time for the routine and to go off to sleep. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And I would add two things there. Um, for babies that have GERD, it is important that they remain upright after meals for uh, approximately 30 minutes. So especially if your baby has been suffering um, in that regard, because we don't want that reflux to worsen if they're in a reclined position. And then also, if you guys are introducing allergenic foods, for the, especially for the first few times, right? An allergic reaction can occur at any exposure, um, not necessarily on the first, almost rarely at the first time they taste it or try that food. But what we do know is that if a baby is going to have an allergic reaction to a food, it's going to occur within minutes and usually not any longer than up to two hours after. So, you know, you do your bedtime, but I advise parents, if you're trying new allergenic foods, you be alert to watch for the potential reaction. So it's like, we don't want to put the baby down and you go to bed right away. And then maybe the baby has an allergic reaction to tree nut or shellfish. But other than that, for the most part, from a nutrition standpoint, there's no like set time where you need to put a baby down or keep them up for base, you know, for digestive purposes, with the exception of GERD and the allergenic foods. Yeah, that's a great point. People ask all the time about reflux and those kinds of things. And, and so that's important to keep in mind if baby needs time to sit up. Okay, there was another mom who said, my baby was super interested in food when we started. Then they did spoon feeding first. Then they switched to baby led weaning. Baby's 14 months old and still doesn't sleep through the night. Is that typical for an older baby, a toddler at that point at 14 months? Yeah, so I would say that that's not really typical. And there's probably a strong sleep association there. And what a sleep association is, is that baby needs something to put them to sleep. And so that will cause night wakings. Because like I said earlier, we all naturally kind of wake in the night, we come to the surface of a sleep cycle. And either you know how to fall back to sleep on your own, or you cry out because you need help. And so I would imagine that that child has something and it might be feeding to sleep, but feeding to sleep, pacifier, rocking to sleep, you know, mom in bed next to them, whatever it is, there's something that they need, and they need you to come back and give that to them again in the night. So that is not really related to food or baby led weaning or the type of food that they're eating. It's more related to how that baby is falling asleep initially and needing that support to get back to sleep each time they wake. Sometimes parents will ask me, oh, well, should I get my sleep schedule set first before I do solid foods? And I don't really know how to answer that because every baby is different and I'm not a sleep consultant. I would assume that these things are happening currently, right? If we're starting to do some of the sleep training that you've talked about around six months of age, and that also happens to coincide with the time that we're starting solid foods, like babies don't develop one skill in a bubble, right? They're happening alongside other skills. Would you agree or is it important to do one before the other? No, you know, I haven't actually been asked that question before. And and I, I agree with you. I think that everything's happening kind of at the same time. And so there's no need to separate. And, you know, babies who are going longer stretches during the day with their awake time are preparing to eat solids. And so it's just kind of happening around the same time. And there's no need to separate that. Like first we get sleep down because sleep is always changing <laughs> during the day, especially nap times and lengths are always changing. So I wouldn't wait for that to be set before you're starting solids. Well, Aubrey, this has been really eye-opening for me because I, I wasn't even aware of the whole world of sleep consulting when I was a new mom. And I think it's such a wonderful resource. Tell our audience a little bit about where they can go to learn more about your work. And then also, what can we do to help support you in your business? Oh, you're so sweet. Well, you can go to at baby sleep doctor on Instagram. And um, I also have babysleepdoctor.com as my website. 
I have tons of free information on my Instagram. I have regular posts and reels with all of this kind of basic information. I also have free sleep tips that you can download for babies up to three years old, which is really helpful. So you can learn again about these wake windows and what are tired cues and what I should be doing as far as props. I also have digital sleep guides based on age. So one thing that I would say that was really helpful to me with having my second child was understanding about baby sleep, even with a newborn. So you can't sleep train until four to six months or later, but you can certainly be practicing healthy sleep skills, even with your little one, you know, and being able to understand their, their cues. So we have these little babies who might naturally wean their night feet on their own. And without you having to worry, should I be taking away a feet in the night or actually having to sleep train? I didn't have to sleep train my son because we just worked on healthy habits and, and helpful skills early on. So I have a newborn sleep guide for babies up to four months old. I have a sleep training sleep guide for babies over four months old. And I also do actual calls and custom sleep plans myself with clients who are interested. So those are some of my offerings. And you have two kids and you were so generous with your time to come on the podcast. Like it's a lot. And I just want to clarify that your handle is baby sleep DR for doctor, right? And same thing with the website. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. Okay, perfect. And I will link up all of your resources in the show notes for this episode if you guys go to blwpodcast.com. Well, Aubrey, thank you again so much for sharing your time and your information. This has been so helpful. I think a lot of parents stress about solids. They stress about sleep. You've really helped to clarify some of, especially the misconceptions, because there's a lot of similarities in our worlds there. Like a lot of people think a lot of things about food um, that aren't true. So anything in closing that we should know, like just myths that you might hear from like, you know, an older mom on your block or your mother-in-law or your aunt, and they're like pressuring you to do stuff about food to get your baby to sleep. Like any words of wisdom you can leave us with here at the end? Yes, I would say that any kind of this, you know, rice cereal in a bottle is dangerous. It's not helpful. So that doesn't work for sleep. Um, I would say any kind of specific foods at bedtime to make sure they have a really full tummy isn't going to help. If your baby knows how to sleep, they're going to start to sleep well. If they don't know how to sleep, it's just not food related. Food isn't going to be the thing that fixes it. So keep that in mind that focusing on sleep skills is the way to get your baby to sleep. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with sleep consultant, Aubrey DeBeer. She is on social at Baby Sleep Doctor, and that's DR for doctor, online at babysleepdr.com. And I'll also link to all of the resources that she mentioned because she has different sleep guides for kids up to three years. So if you're doing like the toddler thing along with this baby stuff, her resources are really amazing. Those will be linked up for you on the show notes for this episode, which you guys can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 146. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.